I don't work out. I'm unfit. It becomes a part of your identity. It becomes a part of your routine. It becomes your habit. And I feel like your mind wants to make you right. And it wants to stick with the familiarity Mm -hmm. of the routine that you've created all this time. And so you say consciously, I want to be fit. I want to lose weight. I want to start the diet. But then you routinely kind of go back to what's familiar. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward Copeland, having technical issues well, I hope it works. Uh, <laughs> welcome to episode number 111. 111. Mm, that's significant. Well, it's not 11, 11 p.m. or a.m. And it's not November 11th. So I guess it's kind of uneventful. Would you say that you're a superstitious person? No, not at all. No. Are you? I don't think so. I don't really like do any of the superstitious things people do. Like what? Like... <laughs> Like, oh, like Jess, my your, sister, your sister, she drives um, by a train track or through a train track over across the train, train track. Uh-huh. Train <laughs> she like does some puts weird her two fingers up on the roof. of. Oh, the... yeah. I thought she like licked her fingers and touched this guy and <laughs> put her fingers in her ear. Whatever so sis, it was. Eddie is making you what in the world for today. But why do you do that? I mean, I know it's some superstition thing. And in the past, she said, do it. I'm like, no, I refuse. Not yeah. going to do it. Yeah. But that's just because I well, pride myself in not being superstitious. Well, what's interesting is when we were dating, according, as it would say. Oh, God. We were walking down the street and you had a thing about splitting poles. Oh, that's just because it's funny and like, whatever. I don't think you're actually going to die or split <laughs> apart. But like, with, you know. Oh, I thought it was like a thing like your relationship oh, was God. like cursed or something. If you Well, split it was pole. a funny thing that I'd say, like, don't split the pole. Then, yeah. you know, we're going to have relationship issues. I don't know what I said. I think it was from a movie. Like, you just don't split the pole. Oh, it was Beaches. So when they were little kids, they're walking on the boardwalk Mm -hmm. and their best friends holding hands and then they split the pole and they're like bread and butter. Right. And so Jordan and I would say like peanut butter and jelly, (laughs) mac and cheese, like whatever, something that you can't beat it without the other one. Right, right. Yeah, but that's not a superstition thing. That's just a... Fun thing. Well, okay, but if so you don't think it's fun, you, I won't do it with you ever no, again. No, I, I, I think it's cute. <laughs> I th- I'll walk on the same side of the pole. But you do think like if you have your purse on the floor, your money's going to be low. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I don't some, put my purse on some the floor. Superstitions you don't even mess with. I, I'm not going to mess with that. Right, one. that's what it is. <laughs> like people will say, like if you put your purse on the floor, that means you're going to be broke. Yeah, I don't want to mess with that. <laughs> I don't necessarily believe that it's true. I just don't want to get my purse dirty. Yeah, just like <laughs> I have broken many mirrors in my time. Oh, but I I'm not going to say like, oh my god, I'm going to have nine years of bad luck or however. Right. How's the thing even get started? Like, also, it's just so like, strange. if you walk under a ladder, I'm pretty sure 
You're yeah, not going to die. Walked up, I've walked under ladders purposefully just to show people nothing was going to happen. Okay. Well, for you, you guys recently saw Candyman. Yeah. And you have no problem saying it several times. Don't I, say I, it right now. I'll say, I'll just say, kidding. I'll say, <laughs> I'll say it three times, but I don't, it's one of those things I don't want to mess with. Yeah. I, I saw the so movie and I was like, what's more, the point of saying it five times in front of a mirror? Maybe you are more superstitious I'm than you think. I'm not superstitious. You'll I do say not it, think, but you don't want I to. I do not think some disgruntled black man is going to come out and kill me. I mean, I don't want you to chance it because no, I, I kind of <laughs> like you. And if bad stuff started happening to you, see, I'd be how, like, see, you shouldn't have said it. Superstitions <laughs> continue to thrive because people right. go, they say to themselves, I'm not superstitious, but I ain't going to do it. Well, that's, I guess that's the point of what we're talking about. Both of us are saying we're not superstitious, but there's just certain things you don't want to play with. Yeah. Like, I don't want to know about your superstition because then I have to like unconsciously adhere to it so that I don't mess around with whatever kind of black magic you're using. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to mess around with. Yes. I'm going to put my, my bag that I keep that you call a purse, but it is a cross body bag. I'm not going to put it on the ground. One, I don't want it to get dirty. Right. So let's just not do that. Okay. So it's, it's agreed. It's agreed. Then. We're not going to split poles. We're not going to say Candyman <laughs> in, in the bathroom five times. Don't uh, break mirrors don't or break walk mirrors. under ladders. Uh, well, you know, I don't. I don't really care about that. Yeah, no, I don't really care. I, I've walked under a ladder because it was convenient. We're also the kind of people where we're like, mm, just don't think about it. It'll be fine. <laughs> like, that's how I feel about ghosts. Like, people ask me, like, do you believe in ghosts? I'm like, I don't really think about ghosts because yeah. I don't want them to believe in me. I truly believe if you think about ghosts often, you will see ghosts. I agree with you Is that wholeheartedly. No, that just means like. If I say, yes, I believe in them, then what if they hear me and they come and they find me? Oh, yeah, you're the perfect person. (laughs) If you believe in us, then I feel like if you say you do, then you're susceptible to like like ghosts. They're going to come find you, right? Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't believe in that. So, my what in the world is I don't want no ghosts in this place. (laughs) I don't want to have to call Ghostbusters. Ridiculous. Um, But there are like creepy videos that you see online. I don't want to see them. Yeah, and you see things like, People look at the, in the closet. There's a ghost in the closet. And you go, what? Mm. That is not something I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. But, Save that. Um, but I could go the, my whole but life for the most part. That. I could drive through a train track, no problem. I don't care. Cross a black cat. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've done that many times. I'm pretty sure I couldn't. No, I think it's the black cat crosses your path. Well, whatever. Yeah. You can't. I even see black cats that. all the time. You can't even control that. Yeah. So um, I want to know if you guys are superstitious. If no, because then they're going to tell us about their superstition. And then we're like something <laughs> like coincidence is what drives this thing. So don't suck us in. Yeah. Like somebody broke a mirror and fell on the mirror and died. And they're like, oh, my God, it's bad luck. No, you died because you were clumsy. It was your time. Right. <laughs> OK, moving on. We were sitting last night on the couch, just kind of having a conversation. Chilling like a villain. True. Okay. And one of the things I think that's great about us being married, are we married 17 years or 16? Uh, I think this January makes it 17. Okay. So almost 17 years. Thank you for that reminder. We still have good conversations with each other. Yeah. I like talking to you. I like talking to you You too. You got some shit to say. Wow. Okay. Well, we're sitting there the other night and you said that procrastination has been something that has been coming up for you, not for you personally, but you wanted to talk about that on today's episode. And I was like, okay, why? So Mm -hmm. tell the people why we're talking about this. Yeah. Well, because obviously, you know that we encounter a lot of people, whether we're coaching people, leading people, Mm -hmm. and I get into these conversations and a lot of times, many of the conversations I get into, they are really good podcast episodes, but sometimes right. I forget. So sometimes but we I gotta can't like, talk I gotta, about... I, 
Yeah, sometimes you've got to remove the names right. to protect Change the, the names the, of the, the innocent. guilty, mm-hmm. not the innocent. No, I'm just talking. But there's a particular person that has been really approaching me and, and talking to me about their health and wellness, right? Mm-hmm. And so we spend a lot of our time on like wellness. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that we are getting into an age where we're probably going to have to spend a lot of time, not just on wellness from a standpoint of just your physical wellness, but mental wellness, because right. mental health is a big deal. But I am be- reading a book right now, just so you know, well, you know, but it's called Brain Fog. And the whole book is about how foods ruin your cognition. <laughs> right. They don't help you think straight. They don't like omega threes, mm-hmm. the fatty acids, like you need to have a ton of that. And they kind of break down like the American diet does not give you enough omega three fatty acids which help develop brain cells. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you find yourself like, God, I'm not as quick on my toes as I thought, then that might be a book for you to pick up. But so I said, you know what? We're going to take Jordan to get tested again for allergies because she's never had fish or seafood her whole life because she's allergic. But I need to start giving her, I need to start pumping her. Right. It also helps eliminate depression, anxiety, things like that. And so I'm like, yeah, we're all going to be eating lots of, non-farm raised fish to help with that stuff. Yeah. And I think that not to just Anyways, to lose track with the yeah, story, sorry. but I, I do think that like part of my what in the world is that people don't give that enough like right. thought and they don't mm-hmm. think about the fact that the food is not only making them physically sick, but it's making them mentally sick mm-hmm. as well. And and why wouldn't it? Right. right? Because that, like, you think about things get into your bloodstream, they get into your bloodstream, they get into your brain, and they, they're going to have- It affects your thinking. Yeah. And it, your years emotions. ago, I read Brain Grain, which I'm pretty sure this book probably mm-hmm. uh, is somewhat aligned to, and how inflammation uh, right. really can make you have brain fog, can and it, it Alzheimer's. leads to Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and dementia and all those type of things. And so, so the point I'm it trying makes to you make you want to like not have toast right. ever again. But <laughs> well, I'm validating what you're saying, and that is we spend a lot of time not only on physical health and trying to stay healthy, but also mental health and yeah. psychological health and like long term health. And so that's important to us. And when we teach, like we just got back from teaching a ton of business owners in Atlanta at the Ultimate Sugar Show. And one of the things we're going to talk to you all the time is about your health. Yeah. And we're not going to tell you like never eat cake. Obviously, I owned a bakery for 12 years. But when you're not feeling your best, which is why I picked up the Brain Fog book, you know, hey, am I having brain fog? Well, probably because I've been in three different time zones in the last two weeks. But it's always good to kind of educate yourself on that. So anyways, where are you going with that? Well, this person's asking about health. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will I'll say this. Too. The last thing I'll say about the wellness thing is that there are perfectly good therapists in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that but you uh, ain't one of them. Well, <laughs> we sometimes put on that hat mm-hmm. and I think that people will say, what well, makes you qualify? Well, I do think we're in a place where like we've read a lot. We've surrounded ourselves with enough information to help people through things. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we clinically can get, you know, no. helping through those things. But I do think that there is a certain level of expertise that we have uh, adopted or have developed over time. And it's come with also from experience. And understanding human behavior. Right. So I say that all to say this. So this person mm-hmm. keeps coming to me and, they, and like I'm challenging them, right? And they have said they want to get in better shape. They're worried and concerned about their health. Mm -hmm. And they've been struggling with some mental health issues. 
And so my first thing is when people struggle with mental health, my first thing is, okay, what are you doing with your body, mm-hmm. right? Because you got to get your body right in order for you to get to your, to your place where you can get your mind and right. And you don't this, mean have a six pack. You mean no, like I'm move, just saying you, create you gotta, energy. You got to create energy. Mm-hmm. You got to move. You got to do things that help you get to a place of clarity. Like a lot of times when we have anxiety, we have all this energy that we don't do anything with. Right. And so because we don't do anything with, there's no way possibly you can think clearly. Right. Right. Because you are so wound up. Like you, you thinking when you get into anxiety, people think, okay, I'm thinking about the future. I'm thinking about, okay, I'm thinking about what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? Oh my God, I didn't do this. So this mm-hmm. is going to happen. And then all of a sudden, all these things compound and you can't think clearly. And if well, you eat this- like shit, you feel like you don't have energy. But if you haven't exerted enough energy and movement, you go to bed and your body is like, we didn't do enough. So let's think. Right. Like, let's overthink right now and overanalyze right. everything. So then you take like serotonin or something to make yourself go to sleep. And then in the morning you're groggy. So then you're drinking coffee, right? right. It's so called it's this borrowed, vicious cycle. It's called borrowed energy, right? And so I think that I do this. I drink coffee. Mm-hmm. I drink, uh, I like to get coffee. I like the taste of coffee. Mm-hmm. I like the feeling of caffeine. Mm-hmm. But I also know that I'm borrowing energy from tomorrow. Right. So, so I if, try to stay away from so coffee. So if I drink coffee today, I'm probably going to have to drink coffee tomorrow. Right. And so I think that that's the thing that people need to understand is that if you're living on borrowed energy, at some point that bill will come due. Mm-hmm. So this individual, I've been really pushing and challenging and saying, okay, like, what are you doing? You could start now. And one of the things that I keep hearing from this individual is all of these reasons, mm-hmm. right? Reasons why they can't do it. Reasons why they need support. Reasons, reasons, reasons. And I told him this thing. I, I told him a quote. I said, you know, there's two things you get in life. You get reasons or results. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, you can only count results. Right. Reasons don't actually count because you can't take anything with that. And so every time I, I give this person something, they take it and they're really like, oh, pump motivated. Pump, like, mm-hmm. oh, that was good. Thank you for that. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. And so one of the things that I have learned is that I do not like when, when I and give me someone an inspirational talk or whatever. I do not take that verbal or nonverbal confirmation mm-hmm. as like Validation. I made it, made, that I made an impact mm-hmm. because I think people get on high and then as soon as you leave the conversation, the laws of, of reduced intentions come mm-hmm. into play. And so now they regress and all of a sudden they, they're just not unmotivated. So this right. person started exercising and stopped mm-hmm. and then stopped. And then every time they, I seem to give a reason and I can't understand why they keep procrastinating. Mm-hmm. Like why they keep putting it off. And I get into this conversation with this individual. And I'm like, I'm not sure what's the benefit of waiting. Right. Like what's the benefit of waiting for all the stars to align before you actually start this fitness journey? Mm-hmm. And this person never can answer it, but they're still compelled to wait. And yeah. so it, it really got to me because I was just like, I wonder what it is. Yeah. Like what is it that you're fearful of your health? It's mm-hmm. not like you're like, and I can't come to the realization. The only thing I can think of is that that old quote from Eric Thomas is that you can't outlast your old you to get to your new you. Yeah. And I think that you stay with what's familiar and comfortable before you're willing to challenge yourself and do something that is outside of the norm or outside of what you normally do. Well, it's a form of self-sabotage, mm-hmm. procrastination, right? And I think it's like we want to be right all the time. We don't right. realize it, but we want to be right. And if we have certain habits of unhealthiness, I don't work out. I'm unfit, like it becomes a part of your identity. It becomes a part of your routine. It becomes your habit. 
And I feel like your mind wants to make you right and it wants to stick with the familiarity Mm -hmm. of the routine that you've created all this time. And so you say consciously, I want to be fit. I want to lose weight. I want to start the diet. But then you routinely kind of go back to what's familiar. Right. And so it's a form of self-sabotage. And so I think that's what we're going to talk about today is what are you procrastinating in what area of your life? Because there's many areas of your life. We often talk about like the 10 uh, life categories, which I'll name them for you so you can see as I'm naming them, are you creating some sort of procrastination in this particular category? Because when you brought this up to me the other day, I was like, okay, so he's procrastinating. But the reality is is we all procrastinate. Absolutely. And that's really what we're talking about today is like, we are not coming from a place of perfection. There are still many things that we're procrastinating on. And I think that's why we work well together is because we'll bounce a topic off of each other. And then I'm like shooting holes in it, right? Mm -hmm. So we procrastinate too. Example would be we know, and every time we travel and get on a plane, we know that we have not written a will. We haven't like taking care of what happens if we die, right? Well, that would suck because we have three kids that would be trying to figure out how to access our bank accounts and like take care of our businesses. And that's not something we would want them to have to deal with. But it's also something we've been talking about for many months and we've been procrastinating and kind of putting off. Why? Because it's not urgent. Right. It's not hurting us right now until guess what? It does. Yeah, and w- it was interesting. We were talking about that, and we were referring to that show that we got caught up in called Nine Perfect Strangers, mm-hmm. right? And I'll just give it away. Um, but <laughs> You will? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But there's a scene in the show where like, they simulate that these people are going, like, death They're is dying. imminent, right? Mm-hmm. The, you know, there's a fire started, and like they think that they're going to die. And it's interesting, like the revelations they've had, all the things they've struggled with, all of a sudden get fixed just like that. And they go, what are you going to do? And they're like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to. Wait, 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 You're giving it all away. Oh. So here's what happens. Like <laughs> well, you they give it away, say, <laughs> when you come to a near-death experience, nothing else matters. Right. You have all these like self-realizations around what Everything you didn't do in your life. Now. Well, everything's like a no-brainer. I right. should have loved harder. I should have wrote the book, I should have started the business, I should have not destroyed my marriage, whatever the case may be. And you have these like really clear moments when your life's about to come to an end. And so in this show, they simulate your life ending. So they go through all this rage though, like, oh my God, we're gonna die, it's the end, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's in a panic. But then after the panic kind of settles, it's like, what would you have done differently? Right. And then like you get to this place of like, you start to regret right through regret. I think that's a place of vulnerability and you start to get vulnerable and you Mm -hmm. say, God, I I just wish I had an opportunity to do this all over again. Right. And it's funny when you were saying that, all I think about is that, that movie in time where they had their time on their wrist. Oh yeah. That's freaks me out. And they kept getting credits and stuff Uh like that. But what if you lived your life and every time things that really mattered, not Mm -hmm. just little things, but things that really matter and you put them off, Mm -hmm. you actually lost time. Well, I think it hold people accountable because it's <laughs> like a, like an odometer yeah. or like your gas reader, you know, like, right. hey, or what if it was like extra credit, like Mario Brothers, like every time you did something good, you like gained a new life or right. like a new amount of time on your life. I think 
for people like us, we like to keep score and right. we're competitive. I'd be like, yes, I'm totally beating you right now. Right. right? But it would be interesting how the type of decisions you would make if right. you knew that it was actually killing you. Mm-hmm. Like every single time you put something off that you know you need to do slightly killed you a little bit. Right. That would be interesting. Like I think every time, but the, <laughs> but the reality is when it comes to your health and when it comes to your overall wellness, every time you do put something off, it actually is killing right. you a little bit, right? Like if you eat a hot dog, it takes 36 seconds. 36 sec- minutes, seconds? 38 minutes off of your seconds life. Seconds or minutes? Minutes. It's minutes. Mm. So if you like Costco hot dogs, I really you are do trouble. like Costco hot dogs. Yeah, that, those hot dogs are so large. That's an hour at least. Minimum. I probably have Gone. two Costco hot dogs a year. No, you have more than that. No, I don't. Yeah, I haven't I had a fearful. Costco hot dog since I can't even recall. I think you've had enough. I think you should <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so here are the life categories, the 10 life categories. As I name these, let me know if there's an area that kind of triggers something and you're like, I'm for sure procrastinating around that. Mm. So number one, time management, productivity. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should name them and then we'll go back. Well, I think just, okay. Because then I forget. Well, I say that the thing, well, people might go, how do you procrastinate time management? Well, if you're putting off planning, Uh that's putting off the ability to have good time management. Well, what's funny is like, I'm a creative. I love vision boards. I love planning. I love markers and colors and stickers and stuff. But I have found that that can be a form of procrastination because it's like you're sitting there planning planning to do all this shit, but you really just need to do the shit, right? Mm. So that could be a form of like, I'm self-sabotaging and I'm procrastinating when it comes to time management because I'm planning out too much productivity, but I'm actually hindering my productivity. So the planning is getting in the way of action. Right. Like everybody likes the idea of planning because it's like a new, right? Right. But to actually do the thing, sometimes you don't have enough time for that. And that's probably my biggest problem when it comes to procrastination. The idea of something sometimes can simulate what it actually feels like to get it done. Mm -hmm. And so you almost get gratification just by the idea of, oh, I need to start doing this. Oh, I need to, I need to, we need to start, oh, planning the will. Oh, that feels, yeah, that feels good. And you feel like, oh, I I did it. Yeah. You do that (laughs) on Mondays. I think like Mondays are our day together. We have team meetings, we host calls and come three o'clock, we've been on some sort of Zoom for eight hours straight. And I'm like, we've done nothing today. And you're like, what are you talking about? Like, we've done so much. We've actually done something. I'm talking about the But I feel like we haven't. (laughs) We haven't achieved anything. I mean, like we did what was on the list, but I'm like, God, we keep talking about all this stuff. But that's interesting because I think that that is what you just said. Like, let's say you planned on a Sunday Mm -hmm. and you worked the plan all throughout the week. Yeah. But part of the plan was, I got to be on a call. I got to do a Zoom call. I got to teach mm-hmm. the students. Like all those things are kind of the things that are part of the plan. That's actually being in action. Yeah, but I want credit for the actual, <laughs> like I want to feel like it was partly productive. It's like we we're <laughs> talking about the whole plan for the week. We spent the whole damn day talking about the plan. Like I'm upset about it. So I don't get a check mark. I don't get extra credit. No extra men. Like it's just like a wasted day. Anyways, moving on to category number two. Are you procrastinating around your health, your fitness, your wellness, self-care? And I just want you to know when we say self-care, that doesn't mean just getting a massage because that's a form of rest. That could be you procrastinating. I can definitely be guilty of that. I want to go spend a day at the spa when I have 3,000 other things to do, right? Yeah, and I think it was important to to really outline is like there's a difference between taking action Mm -hmm. And then there's wasting time. Right. 
And then there's non-action. Okay. Right. And so like non-action is kind of a, like a Buddhist principle. It's like you are intentionally, deliberately not taking action. Around your health or wellness. No, because that's part of your health and wellness. Okay. Right. So today for these four hours, I'm not going to take action. I'm going to rest. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the time that I rest and recharge. And so this is my non-action. I'm lost. So there's a difference between like, if I squander my time, so I I set intentions to do something, mm-hmm. but because I allowed myself to get distracted, because I allowed myself to fall into a place where I was comfortable, I hit snooze, I stayed in bed, I didn't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. That's not non-action. That's a lack of discipline, mm-hmm. right? That's not taking action. But if you said, hey, tomorrow, when I wake up at eight o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. I'm going to spend from eight to 12 and th- I'm actually going to sit back and I'm going to take non-action. I'm mm-hmm. going to rest. I'm going to recover. I'm going to go get a massage. I'm going to go to a meditation mm-hmm. and I'm going to sit in that meditation for eight hours. Jesus Christ. That, or for four hours. That sounds like a lot of wasted time. But to me. what I'm saying is, is that it's deliberate. It's intentional. Right. Right. But- because your goal is to recharge. Mm-hmm. Your goal is to get to a place where you replenish your energy so that when you go to take action, you're taking action at a greater place. Yeah, I get where you're going with this. I guess that's why I said I was confused because I asked if you're procrastinating around your health and fitness and like uh, you took it to a whole self-care thing. Like you should take four hours off to rest and recharge. I'm talking about people who are procrastinating around their health and wellness. Like "Mm, I'll start the diet next Monday. Like your friend who you're talking about, which is the whole point of this podcast. And you're absolutely right. I'm not saying like, only reason why I brought it up is because you you have to make it clear to yourself what you're doing. Right. Right. It, he's not taking non-action. He's wasting time. Mm-hmm. Right. He's not you're saying, saying he's not being purposeful. He's not like and our students who, who are entrepreneurs who are who working too grind much. every yeah. single day. And we're saying you need to have a day of non-action. Right. We are definitely prescribing that. Right. For That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Sorry. Got it. Okay. Moving on. Category number three organization, maybe like your home, is there something you're procrastinating? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Our garage needs to be cleaned out. Right. Period. Add that to your to-do list. <laughs> just talking about it feels good. I think it's done already. It's Mentally. not. <laughs> Category joking. four, wealth, finances, and budgeting. I'd say, yes, we have areas of procrastination there. Right. That could look like You know, I get my mail, I check my mail once a week and I throw it in a drawer until I get around to it. That's Mm -hmm. procrastination. We just got back from vacation. I'm pretty sure we have a pile of mail. Yeah, got to get it done. Okay. And we're doing all this on Sunday, cleaning the garage, uh, going through (laughs) the pile of mail. And I think the reason why this is important is because we are also works in progress. Like we're not perfect at this, right? And so we're sharing, being open and vulnerable about the stuff that we are procrastinating on, Mm -hmm. even though we don't like that word, right? Okay, next thing, category number five, self-improvement, personal development, academic achievements. I'd say not procrastinating so much in that area. We like to read, we like to attend conferences. I'd say we're kind of overachievers in that category. But there are certain things like, I pay for certain subscriptions, you do too, where we want to be more stoic or whatever the case may be. Well, uh, yeah. Vocabulary word of the day. And you just, okay, I didn't get around to that. (laughs) Right? Right, right. A hundred percent. Okay. Category number six, your career or your business. Is there something you're doing 
where you're procrastinating around some sort of career advancement or something that you know you need to be doing in your business, the answer is likely yes. I mean, we have, I have 10 million ideas that I've planned out, written out, talked to the team. And there's just at some point, like we have to just take action on this stuff. Yeah. And this one's a tricky one because I think that for people who are listening, they, when they're thinking about their career, they're thinking about, well, I go to work every single day. Mm -hmm. And when they're thinking about their business, they're thinking about, well, I work on my business every single day. And I think where the procrastination shows up is that a lot of times, even in your career or in your business, you've got to set like long-term goals Mm -hmm. and you go after like the small short-term goals that are aligned to your long-term goals. And people put off things that are required delayed gratification, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that is something that's huge where you know you need to be working on something very specific for your career that may not pay off for three years. Right. And you put it off because you know there's no instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Like to your point where if I'm not getting a score back, then I feel like I didn't do anything. Yeah, I definitely need scores. Right. <laughs> But I think that for those that yeah. know that you're not going to get a score, I think you mm-hmm. have to be really clear with, well, what does good look like? What's right. the outcome that I want that I can at least say, okay, I could feel good about this? Because at the end of the day, what procrastination leads to is shame, guilt, mm-hmm. regret, all things that tear away from your self-image, right. that tear away from your self-esteem, and ultimately tear away from your confidence. Right. Category number seven that you might be procrastinating around is relationships or connectedness. I know that if you have an elderly grandparent, you're probably not calling them as much as you can. That could be something I didn't get around to it today. And oftentimes when someone passes or you lose someone, it's always the regret of I should have called more. So there's procrastination around that. And that feels awful because I've been there. Or you just simply pouring into your relationships. You know that it's important to maintain relationships and show up for your friends and say yes to events, but you keep putting them off. So Mm -hmm. maybe you're procrastinating around that. Category number eight, spirituality. That could be faith. That could be your beliefs. Mm, I'm not going to lie. On Sundays, we have a lot of stuff to do. So oftentimes church takes a backside. But I think... Are we procrastinating on it? I don't think we're procrastinating, but it's something that kind of like looms for me is like, ah, we should probably go to church once this year. Not that necessarily we need to go to church this year, but it'd be nice. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's just one of those things. I know what you're saying. Like, I really want to make sure that for everyone listening, like it's clearly defined. Like there are things that maybe are just not a priority at the moment, which right. sounds really bad yeah, when you say so church stuff exactly. or like your spirituality. So hold the teach out on that. Let me yeah. go through the categories and then we'll go back and kind of refine. Yeah. What does it mean? Are you procrastinating? Are you being lazy? Or are you just not being planful? Or does it not fit on your priority right. list in this current season, right? And so the question is, are you procrastinating around your spirituality or faith? That could look something like, I'm in a really terrible season right now. And I know that if I were to go to a church group or reach out to certain people or read my Bible or journal or do something that would help me manage these emotions better, that I would be able to get through this quicker. If you're procrastinating any of those things, then you're actually making your life worse, right? Right. Okay, category number nine would be social, fun, creativity. Is there something creative that you've been procrastinating 
I mean, I've been wanting to take a pottery class for many years. I'm, yeah, I kind of dragged my feet around that. By the time I got around to looking it up this summer, I had already missed the first three classes, didn't do it, whatever. That's what procrastination gets you. Last category, community or giving back. So that could look like I really want to volunteer uh, once every Sunday or one Sunday a month at the downtown LA homeless shelters. I've been wanting to do that for many years. Haven't got around to it. Mm -hmm. Procrastination. Okay, so now let's go back to each of those categories, which we'll list in the show notes because we often talk about these life categories. I guess you could do some sort of report card, which we do have an episode on. I'll link that as well, like an adult report card. But if you were to go through each of these categories and ask yourself, where am I procrastinating the most? Would it be around your business? Would it be around the organization of your home? Would it be around your time management? Would it be around your health and wellness? And that's kind of the point of this is like, what's the definition between procrastination and, hey, you know what? That just doesn't fit in my priority list right now. So it's making me feel like crap because I know that I need to do it, but it's also not a super pressing thing. And so The conversation with you and I the other night was about like, well, there are a million things that you could create shame and guilt and feel like a piece of shit for because there's no way that anyone is ever winning in all of those categories. I want to be very clear. We are not winning in every single one of those categories. Oftentimes it feels like, well, we're good enough in these categories. So let's just chalk it up as a win, right? (laughs) And it's the truth. But I think that to me... Like procrastination shows up is if you look at those 10 things Mm -hmm. and you have a specific goal or a specific outcome or lifestyle that you would want in those things, and you know that this is what you want, like your aspirational values or Mm -hmm. goals or whatever it is, is, hey, I really, really want to get better in my spirituality, but you take no action. To me, that's when you're procrastinating. Procrastinating is such an intimate thing. It's because it really speaks to what you really desire, yet you take no action mm-hmm. on it at all. And so that's why it came to me to have this conversation about the person um, that I was speaking to is because they talk to me about it all the time. So mm-hmm. I know it's like a deep-seated desire to get help more healthier, right, right. but they are finding reasons and why not to do it, right? Yeah. And so it made me question, like, what, what was it? Is, mm-hmm. is it that they value their comfort more mm-hmm. than they value what's potential? 100%. But, I, but what I thought about it, and I was like, and I told this person this, I said, you know what it is? You value who you think you are right now, mm-hmm. not who you could be. Right. You value who you are right now more than what you could be mm-hmm. because you've never seen it. Right. And so that's when you hear people say, well, you know how I am. Mm, I hate that. You know how, I, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the type of person I am, I need to have this, this, and this. And it's like the type of person that you are right now is not the type of person that you want to be. So why are you referring to that person for advice? And I'm just going to (laughs) like shout out to anyone listening who's like, oh, I say that all the time. You know, you know how I am. Right. You know, or you can't teach an old dog new tricks or this is just how I am. You know, I'm always late. I never remember. That's not permission. (laughs) I want you to just stop and slap yourself because you don't you may not be good with names now, but the fact that you're aware that you're not good at names, you could get better at them. Right. The fact that you say like, you know, oh, that's not you know who I am. You know how I am. Well, then that means that you're stuck in your ways and you're not open to some sort of change. So let's dive into the six steps that we think that will help you. If you're struggling with procrastination, they'll help you take action. 
So step number one, I think you really have to get clear on your goals. And so if you're struggling to figure out like, well, I know that I'm struggling with procrastination in this one area, but I don't know what expansion looks like for me. I don't know how to think bigger or how to think of myself differently. I don't know how to, you know, have a vision for something that's outside of what I'm currently dealing with right now, that I'm going to invite you to go listen to episode number 82, which was about hopes, dreams, and ambitions to help you up-level yours. And there are 85 questions. There's literally a list of 85 questions that you can ask yourself to help create your dream life. So if you're unclear on what your goals should be around those categories, go listen to episode number 82, download the 85 questions. It'll help you get more clear on creating goals. Yeah, and can I just say that number one, getting clear, Mm -hmm. like I think that that's when you have to go to a place that's really quiet and then you think you have to visualize and write it down. Your future what it, self. Yeah, your future self. Because I think that what's getting in your way is that you can't see it. Mm-hmm. You can't see what it feels like to be more healthy than you've ever been before. Right. You can't see yourself having financial options. So you don't even like the taking the action doesn't give you the score that you're looking for. So you, it's better just to not because there's one thing that you know is that you're comfortable with who you are now. Yeah. Okay, step number two, tell others about your goals. I think this is really important that you draw a line in the sand, you make a declaration, and you enlist others to kind of help you. Yeah, You know this, you've shared this many times from working in the fitness industry. People don't want to tell other people that, you know, hey, I'm on a fitness journey right now. I'm going to be saying no to the hot wings, and I am going to be going to the gym every morning or every night, so don't ask me to go out for drinks after work, right? (laughs) Right, right. And so, I mean, the importance about including and enlisting others to help you achieve your goals, I can't speak enough to that. Like, Yeah, we're social creatures. And so, like, I think when you understand that, like, you know that when someone's going to hold you accountable, it means a lot. Right. Yeah. Okay, step number three, tip number three to kind of kill your procrastination and get you moving You've got to take the goal that you're trying to achieve and you've got to break it down into tiny little steps. Got to break it down. Is that a song? No, it's not really a song. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. You thought you were Keith Sweat in an R&B group for one second. Uh, Break your work into tiny steps and create a detailed timeline with specific deadlines, kind of like smart goals. Yeah. This is the thing I think that I wish I did better. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we go after big things, mm-hmm. but I wish I was better at like creating little micro goals mm-hmm. so that we can give you the scorecard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need some checks. Like, just because I think that, that those are things. But when you think about like leaving little breadcrumbs of goals that lead you to mm-hmm. your big goal, like, I think that that's hard for people to do because it's hard for us to do. But I think when you do that and you do it well, I think that's when you really start consistently crushing things. Yeah, agree. Okay, step number four, change your environment. So I think the tip here is to like notice your everyday habits and figure out how you can alter them. So changing your environment, if you're on a health and fitness journey, I can't tell you enough, you've got to purge the fridge. You've got to go through the cabinets. (laughs) What do you mean get rid of the lazy losers? (laughs) Because the people, the people that are like around you, and I know that like we're going to talk a little bit about support system, but Mm -hmm. Like if I, all I have is friends that work out and talk about working out, Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to work out. Okay. Well, change your environment and then quickly move on to step number five, which Eddie is talking about, which is create a support system 
and hang out with people who inspire you to take action because everybody needs an accountability buddy. Yeah. I love it. So now is your permission to talk about that. Because <laughs> you went right, right know, from I'm like sorry, change your I think environment. About it, when you said environment, I was thinking about like people in your environment. Right. And I think that just, I mean, that next one goes deeper into like the support system. Mm-hmm. But I do think that if you hang out with people who don't put their wellness first, then you're probably not going to do that unless right. you are kind of breaking the mold of your, your current environment, which mm-hmm. causes friction with the relationships because you're like, they're like, hey, you're going to go out to dinner with us? He's like, no, actually, I'm going to the gym. They're right. like, what? And then right. all of a sudden, you got gym friends. Okay. You went from like, you're having an issue with a spouse to now you have gym friends. An issue with a spouse? Tell me more about that. What do you mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't talking about spouse. I'm talking about friends. Well, you said, hey, do you want to come to dinner with us? Oh, you're saying <laughs> you have friends in your environment or your friend circle who are trying to influence you to go eat hot wings. Right. And you're saying no, because I have gym friends. No, I'm saying no, because I'm going to the gym and it conflicts with the times that normally would be social eating time. Okay. And now you got different priorities. Oh, you said gym friends. That's why I was like, they went from dissing their normal friends to now they have other friends. Well, that's they what just happens. went to the gym you one said, time. You, like like Jasmine, she started going to the gym uh-huh. twice a day. Now she has gym friends. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like you see the same people and you talk to them and they work out and you meet them there and all of a sudden you're working out with them. You know, the gym can be a really scary place though, especially if you haven't worked out like your whole life and you don't know how to use the equipment or... If you're a woman and you're feeling out of shape or overweight, the last thing you want to do is put on spandex and go work out in front of other people so who I are have in a better whole shape. Theory on this. Okay. Well, say it quickly and then let's wrap this up. So when I worked in the, in the fitness industry, people would say, Oh, I hate coming to the gym because I feel like everybody's looking at me. Nobody and I, and is I looking got, at and me. And I always tell people this. The gym and exercising is the most self-centered thing you can do in a positive way. Okay. Right. You are so focused on your body, Mm -hmm. what you're doing, Mm -hmm. that you're not really paying attention to anyone else. Mm -hmm. But because it's so self-centered, you project as if people are watching you because you are thinking about yourself. Mm -hmm. You see how that works? Okay. So you're in the gym, you're working out, and you're thinking about your movement, you're thinking about how you look in the mirror, all these different things, and then you're subconsciously projecting versions of other people looking at you thinking the same thing. Right. When the reality is, is everybody else is doing the same thing, so they're focusing on themselves. Right. So, but I you say- could go to the gym and be overweight or not at your best. And I'm like, I've heard people say, "Oh, I can't go to the gym. I got to lose weight before I go to the gym." Right. Okay. And that's because the hot girl next to you, the Jasmine next to you, who goes to the gym twice a day for the past year, she looks, you know, a certain way, and that makes you feel bad about yourself. Right. So there's many ways to look at this. Right. And I think that's something you got to get over because if you're comparing (laughs) yourself to someone that you don't even know their story, you don't know they've been freaking going to the gym two times a day and this is your first day and you're comparing yourself, that's probably not an accurate comparison. (laughs) Yeah. There's an episode on comparison that you should go and rewatch. And I will link that also in the show notes. But tip number six, after you change your environment, which was four, you create a support system which is five, I would say that tip number six is you've got to have some really great self-awareness and you've got to practice better mindfulness. Pay attention to the fact that you say you want something and figure out why it's important to you. And you've got to develop some discipline around it, right? But you have to be mindful and have good conversations with yourself in a non-judgmental way, Yeah. right? Because then easily you could be like, ah, 
I told myself I was on a diet. I told myself I was going to start this business. I told myself I was going to do this, but then something happened or I fell off and now I'm a loser and now I'm lazy and I'm just a deadbeat. And that's not true. So I think there's an element of really good self-awareness and asking yourself like, okay, what made me go off the diet or what made me not take action in my business? What is making me continue this cycle or continue to slip into these familiar routines? And how could I create better boundaries? How could I change the environment? How could I create better triggers? How could I create a buddy system? How could I do any of the steps that we're inviting you to explore in order to stay really clearly focused on your goals. Yeah, and that's huge. And I think that you have to have a good explanatory style Mm -hmm. with yourself. Like when you think about self-awareness, people take like the letdowns from that they let themselves down Mm -hmm. and they'll say things like, I always let myself down, right? I can Um, never stick to this. I can never stick to this. And so when you start to really get Uh, This happens in everything that I do. And so when you make things pervasive, Mm -hmm. when you make them uh, permanent Mm -hmm. and absolute, that's not a good way to talk to yourself. So that's not good self-awareness. That's like self-harassment. Right, right. And you're beating yourself up for behavior. And the one thing we know about behavior is they can change. Right. And so you you just have to make sure that self-awareness does not come with, like Janelle said, that judgment that puts you in a box and then you you live it out. You affirm it every single day because you've told yourself that that's who you are and you've mm-hmm. been identified as it. I think you've got to be your biggest accountability buddy, but then also your biggest cheerleader. Right. I think that's like the key to anything in life is like I've got to have massive self-awareness and accountability, but I also have to have like massive love with myself. I've got to be graceful. I've got to cheer myself on in a positive way that's helpful, right? Because we hear it all the time, like you say things to yourself that you would never say out loud. Right. And I think being mindful and choosing your words wisely will really help you have better self-awareness and have a better relationship with yourself to not feel like a lazy loser. So I hope this episode was helpful for you. Every topic that we share on the Push Podcast, these are things that we're in practice of, we're helping people with, we're helping ourselves with, maybe we're helping our kids with. And so that's the point of this podcast is to have conversations that need to be had, things that we're struggling with. All of us are struggling. It's universal. You're not alone. And that happens to be one of the most common forms of feedback that we get. When people leave a review, when they send a message, they're like, you guys are so real. Thank you for being so vulnerable. Thank you for sharing and not making me feel like I'm struggling with this all by myself. And so I hope you got a little bit of that. We're all works in progress and we will continue to be until the day that we die. So push through, don't procrastinate, and you know, follow these steps, find an accountability community if you want one, we have one. It's called the Pusher Society. Join it. And any of our Pusher Society people in our tribe would tell you that every month we get on and we serve them, But we also share things that we're vulnerable about, too. And so I think we all just need to continue to push each other, be graceful with each other and encourage each other. And that's it. That's all I have to say. My name is Janelle Copeland and I'm done speaking. Oh, what is this? Clubhouse. Oh, does anyone even get on that anymore? I don't think so. (laughs) All right. See you guys next time and push through. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. 
hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.